Wow. Don't always get the praise team just, you know, setting up the tea right there for you, but wow. I mean, I feel like they just preached the whole message. We can probably close up here. No. <laughs> Good to be with you all. And uh, sharing with you a message from Scripture, sharing with you some testimony of what God's doing in Africa. The Bible says good news from a far land is like a cup of cold water. Uh, and so I hope it's like a refreshing thing to hear about Africa. And maybe we'll go a little long, I'm not sure, today, but um, I, I guarantee the photos uh, that you'll see it will be worth it. Um, this is my family, my wife Alexis, our three daughters, Mariah, Selah, and Eliana. And yes, I am saving for those weddings. Uh, that, that's going to be expensive, but uh, we'll make it by God's grace. <laughs> Amen. Well, I know we just prayed, but we're going to pray one more time as we begin. I invite you to get your Bibles ready. You're going to need your actual Bible in the pew or your phone uh, for this sermon. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we approach your word now, we uh, are excited about what you're going to teach uh, to our hearts. I pray that you just fill me with your spirit that I might proclaim your word with the truth, the excitement, the unction that it deserves. And Lord, would you demonstrate your spirit's power to move us uh, to do your will in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, open up please to Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 uh, through 21. And I, uh, this, is, this is titled, A New Thing God is Doing. Um, this is a verse, a passage that God has used in Alexis in my life, and so I wanted to share it with you, just what he is doing. Uh, so reading in Jesus' name, Isaiah 43, we're going to begin at verse 18, and we're going to work our way backwards to verse 10. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I have formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Amen. You know, there's a danger here uh, of putting our Christianity in park. Once we've done enough, we feel like, oh, maybe I can just kind of park this here. God wants to keep us in drive. He wants to keep us moving ahead. Not living in past victories or past successes or the things I used to do. Uh, I think about the guy who, you know, lives perpetually as though he was still in high school. You know, you probably met people like this. Oh, we would have made it to state, you know, and a kind of a football team. And, you know, you've met those people who live in the former glory days. And God is saying, don't be that guy. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. It's not that we shouldn't learn from the past, but we're not to live in the past. We're going to living to perceive, to see. He says, see. He says, behold uh, here. Do you perceive the new thing God is doing? I'm excited for your church. You have a new pastor coming. I'm excited for what you're about to, you know, do together with that family. Uh, the new chapter of ministry God is opening up here is certainly excited. And I, I think God, uh, in this passage here, he's saying, don't look for me in just the typical things and the things that you would expect. Expect the unexpected things. He's saying, I've, I'm making a way in the wilderness. In this place that there's typically not a way or not directions, he's making a way. Say, say with me, he's making a way in my wilderness. He's making a way in your wilderness. I don't know what the wilderness is that you're in right now, but he's going to make a way in that place. 
He's paving the way for us to get to heaven. He's showing us what we need. He's giving us daily wisdom so that we can live in this wilderness of a life. These jackals honoring him, this water in the wilderness, the streams in the wasteland, it's all this unexpected stuff. And so I, I encourage you today to think, am I looking for God in my box? We actually talked about that in Sunday school. If you have never been to Sunday school, it's like the research and development department. I'm serious. It's amazing what's going on in that Sunday school. Got to get there. It's pretty amazing. But is our, is our God in our box? Is our, is our expectations in a box for what we imagine God to do? Um, he says, do you not perceive it? I, I ask that too. Are, is God doing things or is he moving in ways that maybe we're not noticing yet? Am I perceiving the giftings that he's given me? Maybe that's a question for you. Is, is there a gifting or an ability for working in, in the church or doing something in ministry that maybe you haven't perceived? You've not thought of using it that way not thought of being an accountant at the church because I, why would I do that? Or never thought about using my, my social skills to knock on a door of somebody and invite them to church. Are there giftings that maybe God has given you that you've never thought about using for his purposes? Something to think about. God is doing a new thing. Let's look for him in the unexpected new ways. Let's uh, look now at verses 14 through 17. Uh, this reading in Jesus' name. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. That is who you are, we're saying to God. You're the one who can make a way through the sea. When did that happen? That was the, that was the Exodus event, right? The parts of the waters, and the, they go through, and, and single-handedly God defeats the greatest military of the time. All these chariots, all these horses, done, extinguished. You know, these, the Babylonians, um, we don't talk about them as much, but it says that they had this navy, right? These ships, amazing navy, and nobody wants to mess with the Babylonian navy, okay? And all of those ships, it says they're going to get hauled away in the ships as fugitives. Okay, wow, that's kind of weird. Imagine the U.S. Navy, now probably the best navy in the world, um, the, the U.S. Navy being hauled away by little tugboats going someplace they didn't intend. No, no, no. We would never expect that, right? God is saying, I am on top, and all these empires, all these armies, all these problems, all these issues, they're all below me. I'm the mighty one, and everything else is not mighty, compar comparatively. So the thing that God is going to do is a mighty thing. He is able to level the... Uh, the greatest empires. He's able to bring down the proud from their place of power and from their place where they think they're so secure. Uh, and God is going to do a mighty thing. I love the parallel that the Bible makes between baptism and the Exodus event. It talk, talking about how passing through these waters and think about how sin is kind of like 
chasing after us, right? We have this debt to, of sin. It's, it's almost like the Egyptian army is chasing after us, and what are we going to do? And through baptism, we pass through the water, and God just crushes that enemy of sin once and for all, just destroys it at the cross, applied to us through baptism. Kind of a cool picture, but God is doing a mighty thing in our lives. And I, I hope that you're expecting mighty when you're thinking about what is God capable of. It's miracles. He's going to do amazing things. And you are a witness. Let's now take uh, verses 10 through 13. Moving backwards again here, verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Notice that God calls you a witness here. He says, you are my witnesses, the people of God. You are my witnesses. Notice that your most effective mission work, your most effective life, begins with you knowing and understanding who God is. Look at what it says. It says, I've chosen you so that you may know and believe me. So that you can know and believe. It starts with you, and then you leak on everybody else. You, you, you bleed on everybody else. As God has captivated your heart, as God has given you a faith, that faith is then shared with others. You are a witness. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, uh, God says, Apart from me there is no Savior. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So God is, says, you know, there's this one way of salvation, and we need, we need to bear witness to that. We need everybody to know that there's one way to be saved. But the way that that starts is through you being a witness that you would know personally first. Uh, he says in, in verse 12, I have saved and proclaimed when I act. Who can reverse it? Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 sounds a lot like that. And God's word says, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. This church will continue to be a witness. You can, will continue to be a witness. There's a door before you that no one can shut. There are opportunities in your life to be a witness that only you have, and they are doors that you can walk through that no one can shut. And God is empowering you as his church to be his witness in this generation and in this lifetime. It's really a privilege to get to serve uh, the church as a whole and this church as a missionary in Africa. And that's a way that we're taking the witness that we are locally, and we're, we're also being a witness over there as well. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about how do we witness to these 160 million people who woke up today without God's word. Imagine that that was you for just a moment. You woke up today and you didn't have John 3.16. You didn't know about the love of God as you grew up. You had no chance to know his word. That would be a pretty scary life. 
But then somebody comes to you and shares this invitation of how to have eternal life, except it looks like this. Uh-oh. Unless you're really good with Latin, that does you no good. Maybe you can get a couple words if you spoke Spanish, maybe. Uh, but John 3.16 in Latin uh, doesn't do me a lot of good. Um, fortunately, that same verse is in English, so I can understand it. But in many people's lives, it still looks like Latin. It still looks like something completely un un understandable. And that's where Bible translation comes in. That's why this mission is, that we're working on is a little bit important. There are 1.2 billion people in Africa alone, and they have 30% of the world's Bible translation need. So there's, there's 800 languages without scripture. Uh, that's a lot. And, uh, and our family is working on one. We're here in Tanzania, a little closer. It's right there. That's the island of Ukarewe. You want to say a funny African word, uh, say Ukarewe. There you go. It sounds like ukulele, Ukarewe. Um, that's the name of the island. 300,000 people live on Ukarewe, and it's a quiet place. Lake Victoria is the second largest freshwater lake in the world. First largest uh, is superior, at least by uh, size. So kind of cool. It's a big place. Uh, my family loves living on the lake. We um, like watch, uh, getting on the ferry boat and going to and from the island. It's uh, always an adventure. Sometimes our kids have lots of adventures, and right here they're, they're preparing lunch. And uh, they, to prepare anchovies for lunch, you have to take the heads off the anchovies. Uh, so there are less glamorous parts of being a missionary kid, and then there are more glamorous parts like uh, dressing up like you're going on safari and, um, and barbecue. That's my favorite part. Uh, we butchered goats, and we have barbecue, and, and I love sharing food and fellowship with the Tanzanians. Uh, here we are in a family's home eating beans and spaghetti and uh, beef stew. And just we love seeing the open-heartedness of our, our friends there. Being a missionary for us sometimes looks like learning a new language. Here I'm sitting with Johanna. And we're just doing one word at a time. Cow. Okay. All right. Yes. Tomato. All right, one word at a time. And that's the only way to learn this language. It's never been written down before. So here we go. Sometimes being a missionary for us looks like going to the Bible translation office. Here is the Bible translation office. We're working on the precious gospels of Jesus Christ. And we each, each one has two screens. And that's because you need English, Swahili, Greek, and Karewe, and a Bible dictionary all at the same time to do this work. And so we, we do this, um, and it's a lot of fun to see that process. I love doing translation, and it's uh, exciting. Sometimes being a missionary is consensus building, going to a workshop of people and saying, what unit of measurement do you want to use for a cubit? Do you want to use feet or meters? Or do you want to use liters or, uh, or baths? You know, there's all these units of measurement, and you have to decide... Uh, with the community what you're going to use. So it's very exciting. We, I love seeing the excitement in the community for the Bible to get translated. Sometimes we're building apps. One of my jobs has been building apps that do the Bible in Karewe. Uh, so that's part of our job too. Sometimes the job is sitting in a hammock outside in the breeze, talking about, how's your kid at college? Oh, he's great, he needs money. Yeah. All right, 
okay, yeah. I feel like I have a lot of these conversations. Yeah, he needs money, okay, I'll pray for you. And I don't make enough money to pay his way through college, but I will pray for you. Um, anyway, I love sitting in the hammocks uh, out in the breeze and just talking to people about the issues and praying for them. Uh, much better to sit in a hammock than a hospital bed, I will say from experience. Um, I just about died in November this last year from a condition called sepsis. That's when you have a blood infection and it became really bad and I, I was in this room and I remember um, just everything going black. Everything was numb and then all of a sudden everything was black and I was like, God, am I, am I coming home? Is this my time? And he said, Andrew, I am with you and I will never be afraid of death again. And I hope that you can come to that place in your life because as soon as you are done, God is there. He's on the other side of that. And you walk from one life to the next and he is there holding your hand through that process. And so I, I will never be afraid of re reaching that moment again. And I, and I wish I would have had that experience much sooner, but I won't, wouldn't wish it on anyone. Um, anyway, uh, I, I was able to get the help I needed. We got 85% better, but the 15% uh, caused me to relapse. We didn't quite cure the sepsis condition, and so we needed to fly me back to the USA. Uh, I was able to get the care that I needed here, and now, four months later, I'm actually fully recovered from this, this thing. And so I'm like, praise the Lord, that's great. We can get to go back and keep doing the work. Um, nobody wants to get taken out by whatever it is, but it was funny, we finished John 3.16 the next week. This all happened. So it was like right when we were getting to the best part of the Gospels, um, Satan was like, we got to get him some, some sepsis over here. I don't, I don't even know how that works, but um, I'm happy to be better. By the end of the year, we will be 60% done with the New Testament. I'm just so thankful for that. Uh, that is just great, and the community is just really uh, excited about that too. Uh, I want to share a little bit about the churches. There's four churches who have, that have been planted in just the last five years. So there's explosive growth in this area. This is Marie T. Lutheran completed in 2019. Marie Tillema Lutheran completed in 2021. In terms of the building, they've been around longer than that, but the building is completed. Uh, Galu Lutheran completed in 2022. So just recently completed a building. And there's one other that I don't have photos of uh, and it's Namiembe uh, Lutheran. And so there's all these churches and all this growth and all this exciting stuff and uh, really needs our prayer and needs our, our thought. They need the Bible. And that's our website, by the way, www.theyneedthebible.org. How do you have a church without a Bible? And they're using, they're getting by, but they could really use a Bible in their language. So that's what we're there for. Please pray for us. Please help us get that to happen. How do you do that? Uh, you can be part of our Olson Tribe private group on Facebook. We can't publicly share a lot of what we do because um, of the government monitoring us over there. And it's a somewhat communist situation, not fully, but they, they keep really close tabs on us. So if you want to be part of this group, it's open to you. That's where we share what's really going on uh, with our family. We also share what's really going on mostly in the Jungle Journal. And so there's some clipboards out back and you can sign your name and email address or physical address if you want to receive this. It's free, uh, and, and we would be happy to know that you're getting that newsletter to pray for our family. So that table's out there. You can uh, learn more about the mission at theyneedthebible.org. 
I want you to say one more thing as we close here. Uh, it's all his. Now, what was he asking me for? Let's well, two parts, so let's say them together. It's all his. It's all his. One more time. Now, what was he asking me for? Now, what was he asking me for? All right, should we put it all together? It's all his. Now, what was he asking me for? Ready? It's all his. Now, what was he asking me for? When you live and in, in you go into this new thing, I want you to remember that everything is his. Your life is his. Your money is his. Your church is his. Your preferences are his. Everything, everything that you have in your life belongs to him. Now, what was he asking me for? Maybe five minutes to go down the road and visit so-and-so isn't so bad. Maybe giving a little bit of money to help the mission of King of Glory as it enters this new chapter isn't so bad. If it all belongs to him, then when we give back, it's like we sang in the, in the, in the offering response, we give thee but thine own. Everything belongs to him. So what was he asking me for? Maybe it's not that big after all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the new thing that you're going to do the powerful thing here in Shakopee. And I look forward to hearing uh, about it, Lord. But we also pray for the Kareway. Uh, Lord, they don't have the Bible yet fully in their language. So we pray you would open doors and opportunities there uh, for, th for their future. We thank you, God, that you are orchestrating all things according to your will and your purpose. And even this chance for me to come today, thank you, Lord, for that. I pray that you would ignite your people here through your Holy Spirit to each one be thinking, how can I use my giftings to serve you better? And Lord, thank you for the ways that you've blessed this community with such diversity and so, so many different people and different skills. I pray that you would glorify your name here through King of Glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.